Today is Monday, May 26, 2014, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast, The Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and uh, there's a lot going on in the world right now, a lot going on in the church, a lot going on in the secular world and in governments happening, and Our Lady is coming at this time and giving us direction about the times that we're living in. Just yesterday, Our Lady gave another message for the world through Maria. This is the 25th monthly message, and so tonight, a friend of Medjugorje is going to be sharing insight about this message that we received from Our Lady yesterday. And so as we begin this broadcast, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. It's very difficult for us to understand the times we are in, what takes place every day. Where are you today at 1040 Central Time? When the Mother of God comes down from heaven and appears to the visionaries. What's beautiful for our community is wherever we are, we know others wherever they are in the world, whether in Medjugorje here or someplace traveling, we're, we're praying the rosary. And we're on our knees in preparation for that moment of the day that she visits the earth. Because we know in every single apparition, she always does one thing at least, and that's a blessing. And that blessing covers everybody on the whole world. But by reason, as Isaiah says, come reason with me, you can reason that if you're properly disposed, you're in preparation, you've said a rosary for her coming, that those graces that are dispensed through that blessing are taken more seriously, absorbed in a way that's more powerful, and can have more of a profound effect, profound effect rather than if you're just out there doing something or shopping I do not have your thought on God. From the get-go, I felt that when I found Our Lady was appearing in Medjugorje, and what happened the first time I was in Medjugorje and saw the apparition, experiencing what happens with the visionaries, how could I go from there not being on my knees every single day in honor of that moment? Yes, sometimes life circumstances deems that we're not ever that that it's not 100% that you can do that. And I don't say that to excuse it, but there's things that interruptions, say emergency or something like that might come up. There may be some kind of interruption. But that day's, uh, the, that part of the day is sacred. There's something happening in the world of a profound nature. And of course, today's Monday. Yesterday was the 25th. 
Today's the 26th. And I gave a beautiful message yesterday. But today, in her apparition, something happened in it that's worthy of speaking about. The day after the 25th, May 26, 2014. Our communities in Medjugorje, they were at the apparition. And our lady's apparition today was normal, except for that it was a lot longer. Normal, I say that in what we experience, but the length of it tells us something. So our lady came for a long time. After the apparition, Maria said that our lady prayed in Aramaic. That holds some significance. Several years ago, there was a guy in the house that asked Maria if she could repeat some of the words. She said she never could understand what our lady's praying when she prays in Aramaic. But he asked, can you say some of the words? Do you recall some that she said in the past? And he said that he was an expert on ancient Aramaic, which is not speaking today or spoken today. So she remembered a few words, told him he was astounded because they're not in use today. Only somebody in his profession that studied this ancient Aramaic could recognize the words that she spoke. So he believed because there's no way that that could have came up or Maria would know those things unless Our Lady was really speaking that. So something special happens when Our Lady speaks Aramaic. She's done that on several occasions here in the bedroom. When she prayed the one time at the cross, she did it up on the mountain. And there's been other times that she's done it on different visits with Maria with us. Maria understands that when she prays that, she's doing something special for people in the room. She's saying some kind of special prayer, something that means has some effect. We don't know what that means. But one significant thing, another besides Aramaic that happened today, is that when Our Lady left, she left very slowly. And she left smiling. But not only smiling, she didn't have her mouth closed. She had her her mouth and her smile slightly opened, which is very unusual. We haven't heard that before. But evidently, something caused that joy for Our Lady. Maria didn't even know why. But only Our Lady, with the intimacy of speaking in Aramaic and praying to her son, Jesus, who spoke Aramaic, and Aramaic, when Jesus came, was the one single language that was spoken across the world in all the trade routes. It was that point in history that it was a language like English. That's why Satan's trying to attack English to stop it, because we can communicate across the nation's boundaries today. And so something special happened in the apparition, a mystery, but something should be taken noted for because we don't really know what that means. But it's astounding that we had August 15th, the Feast of the Assumption of Our Lady, into heaven. And what we have every single day is a glorious assumption. The angels often surround her when Ivan sees her on the mountain, going back to heaven with her. John, in the point of man, God, had waited three days for this assumption. When he finally saw it, he saw Our Lady already almost into heaven, surrounded by angels. So what does that mean to us today? The reality or the surrealness of this is beyond our, our level of keeping a peak awareness of it because it's so normal every day. We don't stop and pause and think, are you kidding? The assumption, if I could go back 2,000 years ago and be present at that? 
if you've been the apparitions here, in the bedroom, in the field, or other places with Yvonne, this is happening every day. And Peter, James, and John saw Jesus resurrected, or rather in a transfigured body on Mount Tabor. We can be there in our presence. While we might not see it, would you be content if you couldn't see with Peter, James, and John when Jesus was transfigured just to be present? That incredible moment. And so something happened today significant. Some say, play it down, don't make too much about these things. These things need to be recorded. We do that. That's part of what our work is. Just as we go and pause every 25th in the second month to speak about the message, to unlock things in it, to help you see things, to help you see what we live, we live our life on a daily basis into the message. Our thoughts throughout the day is on God, on our prayer. We want to please Our Lady. We know we fail her. But at the same time, we want to make her more known and loved throughout the world. It's our call. It's our reason for being. Our Lady of Medjugorje's May 25th, 2014 monthly message to the world. Dear children, pray and be aware that without God, you are dust. Therefore, turn your thoughts and heart to God and to prayer. Trust in his love. In God's spirit, Little children, you are all called to be witnesses. You are precious, and I call you, little children, to holiness, to eternal life. Therefore, be aware that this life is passing. I love you and call you to a new life of conversion. Thank you for having responded to my call. A pretty stunning message. Sometimes we see this on the second of the month, but not on the 25th. Pray and be aware that without God, you are dust. You think there's a message in that? Yes, we say at funerals. From dust you came, from dust you shall return. And certainly our lady means that because she says at the end, be aware that this is li- this life is passing. But there's something more pertinent to that because we have been prepped by a lady that things are coming, things are happening. On September 2nd, 2011, I already said, everything around you is passing and everything is falling apart. Do you believe in the apparitions? Then you have to believe her words. You have to meditate on that and think about that today. Pray and be aware that without God, you are dust. November, or rather September 2nd, 2011, everything around you is passing and everything is falling apart. This life is under judgment. It cannot continue because it's without God. It's nothing but dust. Our lady said that today, or rather yesterday. Be aware that without God, you are dust. This world, as it travels along in the currents of society, is nothing in common with God. Is thought is not on God. Turn your thoughts and heart to God. Where, where can people do this in the daytime? Where are they going to do it in nighttime? Where do they do this? I was speaking to a university student, a long-term friend, 
of the mission, been part of it at one point. And he was telling me at the university what life is out is about there. Is yeah, yeah, there's Christians there. They got the Catholic club, but they also have the general things that happen throughout the day. And you don't see much about God. We're preoccupied in our community with God. It's our whole driving life. Everything is built around it. It's centered around a lady's message. It's centered around a lady's life. But in the university, there's no centering around God. And even those who went there with a Christian, maybe they're cautious about even saying anything. But their life is so much into the university life that their thoughts and their heart's not with God. And so you say, well, this is pertaining to people who don't believe in God. No, she says, pray. People don't believe in God's not praying. She starts this off saying, pray and be aware that without God, you are dust. She's wanting her children to, she just addressed it. Dear children, pray and be aware that without God, you are dust. All these children, people are going to church, people are working in the church, people who think they're, they're living what they're supposed to do are without God. What is a God? What is your idol? What is it that you do the most that takes time and your thoughts completely away from God and you never have really concentration time, meditation time, contemplative time with God? A lady gave a message once saying that you have to find an encounter where you, you can, where you can have an encounter with God throughout the day. Our 5 a.m. prayer resulted from that. We have people who have so many holes in their life, so many things that they do that they don't even realize that they don't know how to climb out. And yet they know God. They see these things, they make a wreckage out of their life, they go along with all these conversations and are so preoccupied in the way they live that that, that if you ask them, oh yeah, I pray to God, how, how much? Well, I'll, maybe a minute. I pray, I pray to him on the way to work. I've heard people say that. Yeah, I pray. When do you pray? Well, and it's, it's, it's almost laughable. Our ladies were crying minimum three hours a day. When she told the visionaries in, in the program, four hours a day, they balked. And she says, even you do not understand it's hardly a sixth of your day. And so she's asking for that. As the mother of God, the mother of Jesus, spouse of the Holy Spirit, and St. Paul says, Pray much more than that. He says, pray unceasingly. He was asking more than four hours a day. And so we have a lot of holes in our belief in God. Our whole life is built this way. And we, we're, we're losing ground. And we need to be woke up. We need to realize to get our heart right that we have to turn our thoughts. As the lady says, therefore, turn your thoughts and heart to God and do prayer. And that's not just a minute or two. That's not just tokenism. The most that you should do throughout the day, even aside from your work, is prayer. And your work can be your prayer. You can turn that into that if you're doing it with such love and obedience that other people in your warehouse or your office or your company will take note that you carry out your work as something holy. That can even speak. I gave you the first words here in this valley. Let your work be prayer, because she knew she had a lot of work for us. And it's beautiful once you understand these holes in your life that need to be filled and how to fill them. 
There's a picture frame hanging at the end of the hall Pile of dust on the floor where my fist met the drywall That's my M.O. leaving something broke everywhere I go there's a rusty old truck door sitting in a field that I feel full of buckshot every time I got mad at something over nothing didn't matter at all. Holes in my life, down in my bones, from my heart to my soul. A million conversations with my old man About who he was and who I am That I never had I just wouldn't listen I just kept digging myself down And I'm holes in my life Down in my bones From my heart to my soul It's uh, beautiful to see things unfold with our lady. And when she gives a message or she does something, it's not just her words, it's her actions. And as the song was playing, we were discussing something that happened today that just all came together just at this moment that I didn't see or really realize until I just talked about today's apparition because those in the studio who didn't know it about this happened this afternoon, earlier today, about our lady hesitating and staying so long and leaving with a smile with the, with the lips open. That corresponds with what she said yesterday. You are precious and I call you little children to holiness and to eternal, eternal life. The behind the scenes for us is that our lady does things sometimes 
that I know other people can apply it to it, but we see her intimacy with us in incredible ways. Once Maria was in our mission house, had the apparition in Medjugorje, Maria asked her to bless everybody here, and our lady smiled. Because what we couldn't see from the mission house is everybody and the children around the tree, out in the field, praying the rosary, but our lady could. And just the mention of that from Maria seems impossible that our lady can't not not see that vision of everybody halfway around the world over here. And she's done things for us to let us know that we can pass on in our witness in the Spirit of God, she says, in God's Spirit, little children, you are called to be witnesses. We witness to you our intimacy with our lady. Part of our life is that. She's been very intimate with us. And here it is, through the song, we realize something else has taken place for us in a way to communicate to us that you can have the same thing. Because on the 25th, the children here are being presented to our, presenting our lady petitions. They bring a, a poster where they, play, they place flowers on this throughout the school year. This was the last one of the school year. And they give their intentions. And they said intentions for the founding of this place, for the community, presenting it to Our Lady. Except yesterday, it didn't happen. Circumstances didn't work out where we could get it out there. And of course, the 25th show should have been done yesterday, but it's done today because it was Sunday yesterday. And so here it is. We have this presented to them, and the children, they recite that after the apparition or during the moment of apparition to Our Lady and give her this bouquet of flowers in a beautiful way. And it's precious to see it. You are precious, and I call you little children to holiness and to eternal life. And so they did this today. And then we find out here today on Monday that Our Lady stays and she leaves with a smile. But what I didn't say a minute ago, I didn't add to it, something else that happened in the apparition, that after the apparition, Maria started speaking about the community. She went 30 minutes after this apparition and just started speaking about the community here. So I don't know what that triggered that. I didn't think it was pertinent to tell you that until after I realized this happened today when the children, little children presented this in front of Our Lady, that then Maria felt the Holy Spirit evidently just started explaining about the community caritas to the people that were gathered there for the apparition. Sometimes there's two, three hundred people there. Just out of the blue, she started doing this. Our community was there. We always have a community represented there. That doesn't happen every day. So you see the, the touch, the fingerprint of Our Lady, and what she's saying in messages is that she wants you to bring, she wants to bring home to you how alive she is in our life on a daily basis that we feel Our Lady is seamless with us. She fills in all the holes. She goes after us in, in a way that the stories unfold just like it just did now, right here on the air. We're live right now. What you're hearing is not taped, not pre-taped. And so she manifested this, stayed longer than usual because this apparition for us and the pause at time we took with the kids doing this lasted longer than normal. And here it is, our lady enters right into it. And actually, I went and talked to the children before apparition time because we missed yesterday and said, do you think this is pleased our lady today? My exact words was, quote, I'm even thinking this as I say it. I walked over to the altar because they had been in the water sprinklers out in the field. It was hot. They were laying on the altar in the field because they were sunning themselves because they, they were cold. I says, don't forget. Well, I said, yesterday, we didn't do this yesterday. But do you think it would be pleasing our lady to do this today? 
And they just looked at me. I said, I'm asking you, do you think it pleased our lady if you did this today? They were going to do it anyway. They said, yes, but I wanted them to understand this is pleasing to our lady. And I said, they, they said, yes. And I said, this would be very pleasing to our lady to do this. And now this unfolds. Beautiful story. A beautiful connection to heaven. That our lady is writing the script even as we speak at it right now. We've been talking about this anniversary coming up being the 33rd anniversary. You've been speaking about it more and more. And paralleling it to Jesus' time, Jesus leading up to this 33rd year, he was very deliberate in what he was speaking about, his words to his apostles, you know, the last sacraments, all of his last words that he gave to the apostles. And so we've been speaking also about this. We've been seeing this year that Our Lady's been very deliberate in bringing things into her into her messages that she hasn't been speaking about for years. Her saying, you know, she has promises that she's going to see fulfilled. And just in Yvonne's last uh, prayer group meeting where she said she wants to see her plans realized for the world. So this message today, this is the last monthly message before the June 25th message, which was is the 33rd anniversary. And I was just thinking before, as we were preparing for this show, just the last few minutes, looking at the words, therefore, turn your thoughts and heart to God and to prayer. And I had a thought of this scripture passage that that brought it was brought to mind from those words. So I asked you this, if I could get the Bible, and there's a very large Bible here. As, I, as the music was playing and we were going to air, you says, "Could I get the Bible and pick something?" Yes. So I opened. So it, I'm just setting, I just I'm opened it up, and I opened right to this fa- this passage, and. What's more remarkable about it is this is the very last passage before you enter into the New Testament. So this is from the Old Testament to the New Testament. So I'll just read this. It says it's from Malachi, the last chapter in Malachi. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I enjoined him on Horeb, the statutes and ordinances for all Israel. Lo, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, Before the day of the Lord comes, the great and terrible day, to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with doom. And then it again says, Lo, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the day of the Lord comes, the great and terrible day. So I didn't remember all that. All I just remembered is, to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. And that was the message today. Turn your thoughts and heart to the father. It doesn't say father in this message, but to God. And so I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that... that the scripture says thoughts and heart. It says turn... No, it only says turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Which is the same thing. Turn your thoughts and heart to God and to prayer, Lady said yesterday. So, so I'm I'm thinking this is a message. We're at the thirty third year point, which in the when Jesus's death and resurrection, that was another point in time, a dividing point in time. This passage in the scriptures was from the point of the Old Testament into the New Testament. So what? 
do you have to say about this being the 33rd anniversary? What do you expect to happen? What do you, do you think that there's going to be some kind of death to Medjugorje? Do you think that there is going to be some paralleling of Christ's ending on the earth and Medjugorje's? Well, Jesus in his first year of his, after he's picked the 12, he, the first year, they had a beautiful year. The first year was one of love. The second year is one of, we've all taught or writes the poor man God. As teachings, the third year was one of confrontation. And so we see these progressions. If, if God's plans are perfect, and he repeats them. All throughout history, it's the same thing. He rises up an individual, Elijah is talking about there, to change the world. St. Francis changed the whole church and changed the world. It still does to this day. It's been said that the 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 world's got a saying, and it's the simple current, not the captain that guides mankind past the shows. But what happens if the current is filled with immorality? Who guides it then? See, the world and the way it operates goes with goes along with humanity and it floats along, and that's where Satan, that's how he works in the world. Nobody's in charge, nobody can pull us out. God's just the opposite. If you got if you the way it works there, you could say with Christian worldview, it's the captain who navigates safely through the current to pass the shows. And that's what I hear. She's the captain. St. Francis was a captain. St. John Paul was a captain. This individual. Satan goes with the masses. So it's the curtain, the current that's floating mankind along. And if we have morality and we have that saturated in, in humanity, then we can get past the shows. But when we don't, and we're going along with the society as it is, it's going to crash into the shows. That's Satan's plan. So, by the way, the world says it when it says it's not the captain that goes to the shows. It's, it's, it's the current. It's the current that takes it through. And what determines whether you're going to shipwreck or not is completely with the, with the God's statutes. And so our lady's calling us back to that. And so turning our hearts back to our fathers is the dream of our fathers. It's the same thing. And then, lo and behold, on that day of doom, our lady's speaking about this. But Jesus, after his first year, took his, his apostles up to, into the mountains and went into a cave and had them do a retreat. And they had a beautiful first year together because he knew what they were entering into. It wasn't going to be pleasant. But they got the newness. They were seeing the miracles. Just this touching thing we just talked about. And it was so beautiful today. And now more beautiful, our lady's precious children. Now that we know our lady stayed long in the apparition, now we know she did in Aramaic. Now we know she... She gave the smile with the mouth open uh, slightly and the smile as she ascended. And now we should know she's, Maria was inspired for some reason to start speaking about the community for quite a while afterwards. Uh, we see she wants us to know, I'm your mother. I, I, I want to hold you in my arms. I want to embrace you. I'm with you, little children. And so we see this where she says today or yesterday, about precious children, when she mentions this. You are precious, and I call you little children, to holiness and to eternal life. Jesus says after this year, after they've done the retreat, he says, all these memories they had for this first year, he says, quote, and keep and persevere, or not persevere, keep and preserve these precious 
memories precious in your hearts like the witness stones erected by the patriarchs in remembrance of the lives of God. I mean, something happened to the Israelites. They put up a stone. The stones that were gathered around there, they put those stones there just like we did in the field because they echoed. They've heard. We've got stones in the field. They've heard our lady's words because it's nature. In the presence of that, there's no reason to keep that quiet. Like when we hear Maria not speak, the stones can hear that. It's within the framework. It doesn't have his will but to hear that. And so that's symbolic in a way that it gives testimony to what happened. And that's why they put the markers they put up. But to answer the question, what's happening, what's coming down, what's about to, we're on the brink of disaster. I mean, back in 2011, everything around you is passing and everything is falling apart. Only the glory of God remains. And that's what I'll be saying today. Pray and be aware that without God, you are dust. Therefore, turn your thoughts and heart to God and to prayer. You're going to have to have a lot of trust in God. You're going to have to trust that things are going to be all right. If you love, and he continues, he says, trust in his love. And then she says something different than we've ever heard before. In God's spirit, little children, you are called to be witnesses. We witnessed something beautiful today, something precious. Our lady continues and says, You're precious, and I call you, little children, to holiness and eternal life. And that passed before us in our apparition without any knowing, knowing what happened today with the kids doing their, their recitation of their intentions in front of a statue. And we really didn't give it a great significance until it passes, and now we see what our lady does, and now it has more significance in the history of our community. We got cognition that maybe we weren't even paying attention enough. But the circumstances of the Holy Spirit now unfolds it for us through what a lady did halfway around the world. So personal. And so our lady continues and says, Therefore be aware that this life is passing. I love you and I call you to a new life of conversion. Just this story makes me want to go convert now more to how much our lady was active today without us even seeing her pass by through here, sweeping through this place. And what did you do? What was you? What could have you had? What should you, uh, the message already says, that you won't have to repent for what you could have done. And so much we could have done that passes in front of us when here we are on the brink of disaster. When you hear a lady start a sentence on the 25th, maybe the second you might hear it, but not, it's out of character on the 25th message. Dear children, pray and be aware that without God you are dust. Are we headed for the dust bowl? Are we headed for trouble and things that that are coming our way? That because of that, our lady is trying to get our attention? Because the 33rd year is coming up. 33rd year, everything was falling apart. Jesus' ministry to the apostles was falling apart. But it wasn't that that was falling apart. Through this death, it crushed the serpent's head and gave birth to a new church. On Pentecost. And so through these things, we're coming to the same things. God God makes a perfect plan. You think he's not going to replay that? If there's a springtime for the church coming, there'll be a second Pentecost. We're going to see these things. Our lady's going to prepare for things. She said she's looking for a triumph. And if she got what she wanted before Jesus himself was ready to start at Cana, making wine, you don't think she's going to get it today? 
You don't think she's going to fight for it? The question is, are you going to be there with it? Because she's talking to you, not the non-believer, because this is a temptation to go this way or even a way to even mentally approach this message that you say, pray and be aware that without God, you're dust. That's everybody else. Is that what you thought? Is that what you think? The people that's not praying, it's without God. No, she said, pray that you be aware that without God, you're without God throughout the whole day. You're going along with the currents of society. You're accepting things. People are hardly raising an eye about some of the things happening in the culture today that's shocking, stunningly shocking. Immorality that's so prevalent that it's being accepted everywhere. And the new drug, that's an old drug, that everybody's bringing on like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a sin. And everybody's legalizing it. And you think it's okay? Or you say, well, what can I do? The people have the right. No, they don't. This is a degradation of the culture. And it will bring us to the brink of destruction. Are we going to secede? Are we going to find the place through the words that God gives us to Our Lady? That's the way. A new way to live. If you don't find that, there's two things going to happen. One's rising up and one's going down. One's going to be dust. One's going to be in God's glory. The storms, if you want to wait for them, it's hard to learn to be strong once it hits. If you're not lean, if you haven't been fasting, you think you're going to be able to be in all these content being in our arms or wishing you were in our arms? I don't want to be anywhere else. Because when you're with her at home, you are in home. Yeah. 
The opening of our mantle, our lady's mantle, is our home. It's a place where we can find a new way of life. Things that we think impossible that's coming in the culture won't be in her arms. We got this Thursday coming up as Ascension. And this Ascension is followed by, of course, Pentecost. And all this is going to happen before the 33rd anniversary. The fact that it happens before the 33rd anniversary should tell us something. Because Jesus at the Ascension said, Be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. The Spirit of God came upon them. Nine days later, our lady says today, In God's Spirit, little children, you are called to be witnesses. A second Pentecost, this 33rd year, what all is unfolding. It certainly should grab all of our attention when she says, Pray and be aware that without God you are dust. Striking words. And therefore be aware that this life is passing. What else do you need to know? What else do you need to sit there and shake or that needs to shake you into attention that nothing else should have your attention? A lady is saying, I want your undivided attention now. She said, May 2nd, pray and act. And she means now. And every 25th message, not yesterday's, because we're in the moment, has been saying, dear children today, dear children today, now. And so we have to act. We have to think. We have to be ready because we've got a captain that tells us not just go with the current. I'm going to show you how to go against the current because the current's going over Niagara Falls right now, something that violent, that difficult. And only she has the strength to strengthen us through our yes to Jesus to pull us back upstream to safe harbor. And it's all coming. It's here. I don't know what else can be said when you hear her words and you believe the apparitions and you don't pay much attention to the words themselves. We're in a serious moment. And she's doing everything she can to tell us to be ready for it. In the message today, she said twice, be aware, be aware that without God, you're dust. Be aware that this life is passing. And I think we do all feel this weightiness of these words. So how do we be aware in a greater sense of what she's calling us to? Well, it's, it's significant that she says that she said, 
one other time on November 2nd, 2010. Be aware of your sins and pray for forgiveness. Everything else is, she says, when she says aware, is uh, when you become aware of this, like a two, uh, December 2nd, 2011. When you become aware of this, you'll become aware of the love of God. 2010, July, she says, you're not aware that without him you do not have joy nor peace nor a future for eternal life. But there's something different. As soon as I saw these words, when she said, pray and be aware without God you are dust. And at the end where she says, therefore, be aware that this life is passing. And of course, the first thing I thought about is she's only said, be aware one other time. Everything else is just the word aware. So if you, if she says, be aware here, should we not be thinking about be aware or beware? Not just be aware, but beware. What's the difference between those two words? Very significant difference. Aware means to be watchful, vigilant, guarded, expecting an event from information or probability. And do you not think her messages or information about probabilities that's coming our way when she sits there and says on that one message, September 2nd, 2011, everything around you is passing and everything is falling apart. It can't get any clearer than that. Just think about this. Meditate. The word aware means to be watchful. Something's coming. It means vigilant. It means be ready. Aware means guarded. That means you have your guard up. You don't know what's coming around the corner, but you be ready. You be in prayer. For what? The definition continues. For expecting an event from information. When you're getting information straight from heaven, when you're getting this message of what we did yesterday and the kids didn't do, they did it today. I told them about it. I lady hesitated. She smiled. They talked about the community. That We can read these signs probably eight to ten events connected to some events in the last few days with us. We weren't even aware of it. But if you're in prayer, if you're watchful, if you're vigilant, if you have your guard up, then you notice it as it pass by. Even when the event takes place, it unfolds and tells the story. Wow, our lady was with us in a way we didn't even know about. You can have these things, and she wants you, and that's why she says, be aware Pray and be aware that without God, you're, you're dust because your days travel along on your electronics, on your phones, on your computers, on your music, on the commercials, on your entertainment. What am I going to do after school? What am I going to do during school? What am I going to do at work? What am I going to do this weekend? All without God. And most Christians would say, oh yeah, God's part of my life. Really? Not if you're going with the current, we're traveling now with the culture. Don't be wishing everything's going to recover. It will not. The, the the stations are filled, the radio stations, all the Christian stations, are, the secular I imagine is the same way, with politicians saying their advertisements, and they're all saying, I'm going to Washington to change things. I'm going as a conservative. I'm going back there to change things and get rid of Obamacare and et cetera. They don't get it. If they got it, they'd say, look, this thing's bigger than we are. 
I'm going to go to Washington and bring some morality back and point ourselves back to God's statutes because this thing's out of hand. It's too big for us. It's too big for me. And I want to tell you humbly that that we're in trouble. We've got to get our laws back to the civil principles, back to Christian principles. This is the only way to save our nation and, and bring prayer back and everything. I'm going to fight for that. And God will do the rest. But not one single person person has given the answer. The answers they are given is through legislation. We're going to get away out of this. The current will not allow it. It's too strong. It's going over the falls. It is falling apart. What else do you want to hear about here on this earth? You want to keep swimming in the darkness? Go right over the waterfalls? This is what's going to happen here on earth. This is where we're headed. Even the best believers in the church still don't get the word. Their struggles are not right. It's my heart that I have to turn on every stone. I have to change everything in my soul. And that's the kind of politicians we have to have in Washington. And they're not doing that. They're going there with power and money and political office. Puny, puny, arrogant, haughty men. We're not going to change it that way. We're not going to say things that way. So we have be aware, which means watchful, vigilant, guarded, expecting an event from information. Incredible. See, this is this means be in it's anticipation of what information is going to have a causation. Now, causation is this culture's under judgment. It's going away, and we're at thirty third year. We're approaching everything right now. So, what is beware? Why is that a lady not saying beware? Because that's coming. She'll be saying this maybe soon. Because beware, unlike aware, means to guard and defend. In other words, something's happening. Restrain. Aware is being vigilant, waiting for that and protecting, getting ready for these things based on information. Beware is you're going to have to be in guard, not on guard or guarded, but you're going to have to be guarding. You're going to have to defend. It means restrain. It means prohibit. It means fortify. Be cautious. Keep guard. Persevere. Or rather, preserve. See, aware is anticipation. Beware is whether anticipation is aware. Beware is participation. We're going to be in participation once our lady's saying beware to us. That's where we're headed. And so we have here on earth all these these mindless answers. People that say they're Christians, they're going to Washington, they're going to change these things. But they don't get it. They simply don't get it. They'll never get it if they keep going right the path of what the world, the world offers us. It can't happen. Here on this cold ground Tears falling down in the dirt This world keeps spinning round and round But you're lying still in the earth Don't want to swim in this darkness There's no making sense of the senseless Why this 
You're dust, you're dust, you're dust, you dust. You're dust. Yes, you're gone. Mr. Politician, Mr. Christian, who think politicians or political office has the answer. There's no answer on earth. And it's almost amusing to hear these solutions, what people are coming up with, when they do not recognize the signs of the times. Our lady just told us on May 2nd, 
so that in the simplicity of an open heart, you may become cognizant of what? Of who she is and what she's bringing to us. What does cognizant means? Having cognizant, having rather means having special or certain knowledge often from first-hand sources. And what does aware mean? Expect an event from information. Our Lady is really graduating you to use your intelligence. The way she spoke our consonant, that she's saying the same thing to a related thing with aware, to expect an event from information. Because consonant means from first-hand sources. That's information. Certain knowledge often from first-hand sources. You can't get a first-hand source higher than the Holy Virgin Mary coming from heaven, giving you these words of information and the probability that if you add things up and you see the way things are, that we need to be kept safe because we're in trouble. We're in such trouble that everything's gone cold. I was talking to my son, how the river, one major river there in Texas is, is dry. Rivers are running dry. There's no hope in the way things are. We can only go down our knees, keep us safe. When our lady said yesterday, trust in his love. That's not something sweet. That's not something that she's just, oh, look at these nice city words she's saying. She's very serious and calling us to a grace, grave seriousness. And when you start putting everything together, a whole mosaic of message, a whole mosaic of the future comes to, together, and we begin to see that things are falling apart. And we still have people following the next election as if that's going to save us. We are under judgment. When you're under judgment, you can't change anything. You can only do what was done in Nineveh is put on your burlap, your ashes, and repent. And look up to God and beg for forgiveness. And ask God, please keep me safe. We've walked a thousand steps in the wrong direction. We're bruised, we're broken. And what is it going to be like living in that time? What are we going to do when we go through these struggles? And we don't have to walk alone. Our lady wants to be with us. And thank God she's here to hold us through through probably one of the worst times that's ever existed because we're going to live through this. Noah, just his family, will live through it. They they had the luxury of dying, which has been relief to purify the earth. But we're going to go through purification. Everything points to it. Be aware. Expect an event from the information our lady's bringing to us, showing and telling us all these things that you better be on your knees. You need to be crying out to God. Please keep me safe. Deserts go cold. Rivers run dry. We give up on each other without thinking it's lost Can't see the dawn When the storm just won't let up Give us the faith to carry on When we get scared Let this be our prayer God keep us safe
I want to give you a little window of something that we did Saturday night. And through the years, we take our promises here in community to the way a life I lay is shown as witnesses. And the way you become part of this community is you have to come here for a month. And if we accept you and you want to do this, then you can stay and make a promise for two more months. LA is shown to set this place up that you can have an exit out of here anytime you want with intervals that slowly get longer each time to make sure we want you here, that God wants you here, and that you want to be here. Because this place is not oppressive, we want to be able to freely to walk out of here with no hurt on yourself or us. And so when someone comes here they spend the first month, make a promise really to themselves for the second, or for two more months, three months, and they make a promise for a year. And at the end of that year, they'll make promises for three more years to make a four-year commitment. And at the end of that four years, they make another commitment for three more years for seven years to not to change their state in life. The kids that are raised here, they start at 14 years of age and make a four-year commitment to build a relationship with Jesus and Our Lady because we went through that passage of the most dangerous time of their lives to be building a relationship spiritually with Our Lady and Jesus. Then in that way, whatever life God calls them to 
having a strengthened relationship through Jesus and Mary that can have a relationship with anyone. And so much of our culture is just the opposite. So we take promises. For the single consecrated, they'll take a promise to stay in the single consecrated life or they feel called to marriage. We had two that went from four years to seven years, another three-year commitment. And we had three that did, whether we had, uh, yeah, three that did a four-year commitment. So there was five people that made in the community their promises. And this is something very formal, something very beautiful, something that is very touching, we don't open it up to people outside of here. It's something that is intimate. And as I started listening to this song about Keep Me Safe, I started thinking about this Saturday night, a couple of days ago, that this has to be pleasing to a lady because it is tailor-made to her information she gives us to the messages that we become cognizant enough that we are now aware of for the future, that we can show others the same. And it's always been very, very touching and very profound and very deep and very beautiful. We arrange our whole auditorium with altars and candles and just beautiful, low lit. It's, it's an incredible, informal, formal ceremony. And there's nothing underneath the church. It's just what we do as laity. It's like one of our bishops told us, he says, we have monastery, we have you, you're doing things even monasteries don't do. But if you could have peeked in there, if you could have seen a crack in the wall or door and watched that, you'd be moved. We're all moved. And it's something that's intimate within each other and ourselves and our community that we have that we don't let the outside see. Not because we try to be private about it, but it's something between us and Our Lady. Something awaken our souls that we come to work, that we hunger, we sink. It makes it makes us seek God more. It's the spirit of the living God falls afresh on everybody here, and those that's not taking the promises, it invigorates them to do the same to come awake from sleep, from the tiredness of living a spiritual life because it's rough sometimes. But Our Lady said in this message, "Spirit of the living God," when she talked about. And God's spirit, little children, you're witnesses. That's what we're, whether you're called to be witnesses, that's the whole purpose of the promise. And so we take these promises and we take them seriously. And we always fail. We're prone to do that. But we have something to anchor to, something we can hold on to, that we want to be as Jesus. And I really says, you be perfect. God is perfect. The scripture says that. Our lady says also to be perfect as my son was, Jesus. And so we ended this, or rather we didn't, as the promises were being prayed and said, and they're prayed over, and they make their profess their promises and sign their promise. We played a song called Fall Afresh. And it's very beautiful. And it's touching. And I just wish you could experience that in your own life. And maybe it's time for you to bring some more formality to your life, to make promises, 
to think about that. We have an extended community that take promises. You want to be connected somewhere, somehow, to the way of life of the future that really calls us that the Spirit can come upon you. It's very beautiful and it's very moving to be committed to Our Lady in a special, intimate way.
Spirit of the living God, come fall fresh on me. Come wake me from my sleep. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to the fathers. Least I come and strike the land down with doom. Lo, I will send Elijah the prophet before the day of the Lord comes on that great terrible day. Therefore, turn your thoughts and hearts to God and to prayer. O Mary, please intercede to God to keep us safe tonight. Keep our eyes toward the skies. Send down an army of angels to make us brave. And keep us strong and unafraid. Dear God, keep us safe. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Good night.